Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Oh, well, tonight I'm so excited. And I don't know about you. Hallelujah. Because uh, Bishop Fred and Sakote is in the house. Hallelujah. I mean, it's a joy, Bishop. We, we are so honored. We feel so honored. We are so blessed as a church that you have honored such an invitation. And we don't take it lightly at all. You know, there are some servants of God. They are, they are presence alone. They just they don't even know, need to even come and minister. But just passing by. Hallelujah. Just passing by. The effect of their visit is so great to carry us through. Hallelujah. And we thank God that God has given us such a vessel to come and minister to us at this particular time. Hallelujah. You know, Bishop Fred is not a strange person at all. Hallelujah. He's the bishop of the Creator Cathedral. Hallelujah. And, I mean, he's a true son of Bishop Dagiwad Mills. You know, we have sons and we have true sons. Hallelujah. And thank God that God has given us one of the best bishops in the UD. Hallelujah. And he ministers under the anointing of Bishop Doug Ewart Mills. Hallelujah. I mean, just some few times that I've listened to his messages, I mean, I felt that he, he, he operates in the various fivefold ministries. Hallelujah. He operates in the prophetic. He's an evangelist. I mean, when you follow him, you see the crusades around. And the manifestations and the power that follows this uh, uh, crusades. Hallelujah. A lot of souls are being won. Hallelujah. He's also an evangelist. He's also an apostle. He has planted so many churches. And has pastored so many churches. Hallelujah. And so the servant of God that is coming here is a heavyweight hallelujah and it carries so many anointings and i know that as as you listen to him and as you sit under his ministry something will rub on you in the name of jesus you know recently we were doing bishop's book stir it up hallelujah and last last three weeks or so we did a stir up supplies hallelujah and we read about the account about mary the instruction that Mary gave the people, hallelujah, in, in John chapter 2. The instruction was that just do what Jesus Christ tells you to do. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to be like Mary. And then instruct you that just do what, what Bishop will ask us to do. And a miracle will follow us. A certain water will turn into wine. Tonight something great is coming your way. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the anointing is upon this servant of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Tonight, God is going to do you good through the anointing that is in the house. Hallelujah. If you are happy just as I am and if you are excited, you know in this church we shout. In this church, we jump. In this church, there's an excitement. 
I want us to welcome the ministry of Bishop Fred Ansa Kote. Hallelujah. Sir, you are welcome. Hallelujah. Oh, you can continue to give a hand clap and make some noise for the Lord. Amen. Why not? We are in December, are we not? And we are just about to step into the new year. If you are here and you are ready for the new year, give a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So your pastor has given me some time. We want to see what God will do. Amen. Um, but tonight uh, we thank God for Prophet Dagwood Mills for the honor and the example that he has been to all of us in the ministry um, stirring us up and encouraging all of us to do God's work and God's will and um, building churches all over the world. Amen. I'm just coming from um, Chifu Prat this late afternoon um, and um, God is building his church everywhere you know, and um, there are people serving God everywhere and doing the best for the Lord. Just as you are also doing your best here. Amen. So let's put our hands together and honor this great servant, our father and our founder, Prophet Dagwood Mills. Hallelujah. We thank God for the life of our UD convener, Bishop Ishmael Sam, the father in our region here very anointed man of God very anointed man of God indeed who is caring for all of us and taking care of us we thank God for our denominational um, convener also Bishop Mausi for his care and for his oversight over all of us it's a blessing to have people who watch over you and look um, after you amen and um, we thank God for your overseer also in this region, Reverend Kopi Kwanza, for this work here. Amen. And thank you also, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Foster and all the other here for this convention. Let's pray. We thank you and we bless you tonight and for this first night in this two night convention thank you for what you have appointed already to do in the lives of your people your power that Lord you will manifest in our lives your word that you will speak to us your grace that Lord is going to come upon us thank you for the light of God's word that is driving out every darkness thank you for healing thank you for deliverance Thank you that, Lord, every confusion is gone, settled in your presence. And Satan is bound and defeated. Bless your name. We give you praise. Let, Lord, your will alone be done. Let your people stand perfect and complete in your will tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let that which is imperfect be done away with. Let that which is not good in the lives of your people vanish 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your people are coming out in Jesus' name of anything that is an entanglement, anything that is a pit, anything that is a miry clay, anything that Lord holds them prisoners and in captivity. The shackles of the enemy is broken tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your church work in increasing light. May we advance and flourish. May we do well in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, your angels are also here to do your will and to cause the word of God to be enforced in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Please turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 1 verse Revelations 1 verse 5. Let's start reading from um, verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you. And peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Amen. Yeah. Are your fans not noisy? Are you okay? All right. okay? Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth and to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. How many are glad that your sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ? How many have done something that you are not proud of? You would like it to go under the blood, isn't it? You shouldn't cross into the new year with any sins that are still remaining in your life. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes when you have done some things you are not proud of, when you are there, then you shake your head like this. He said, Mikra, what's wrong with me? You mentioned your name about twice. Kofi. Kofi. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? Tonight, may the blood of Jesus cleanse and wash and forgive you your sins. Hallelujah. But notice the earlier um, part of verse 5 um, in terms of the description given by Jesus, given to Jesus. He said, Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. So the Bible says that there are kings in the earth. But Jesus is a prince of all these kings. You see. Which takes us to the verse 6, which is also the scripture I'm really looking for. And has made us kings and priests and to God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever 
So this Jesus Christ, who is a prince of the kings of the earth, the Bible says that he has made us kings and priests. He's made us kings and priests. You see. And to God and his father. So the book of Revelation shows two main things over here that Jesus has made us into. And God has made us into. And these two main things are that God has made us number one, kings. Kings. So you may not come from a royal family, but you are a king. Alright? You are a king. You are a king. You know, um, when it comes to some of the terminologies used in the Bible, they are titles that designate something in the spirit. So in the Bible, you don't see daughters of God. But you see sons of God. But the sons of God is a, is a title given to a certain group of people. So even if you are a girl or a woman or a lady, you are also described in the spirit as a son of God. Okay? It's not that the Bible is biased. It's not biased towards men. But it is a description given to a group. Alright? So, you see sons of God came before God. Sons of God gathered before God. In John chapter 1, you see sons of God. You see, as many as believed on his name, to them he gave power to become you know, children of God. Now, you have to understand that the kings over here also applies to women as well. Not just men. So even if queens are not used here, if you are a lady, you are a king. You are a king. The Lord has made you a king. You see, if you are a king, then it means that you have a kingdom. Then you have some place where you reign. You have a seat. And you have dominion. So you see the following um, statement. To him be glory and dominion. Because a king is supposed to have dominion over an area. He's supposed to rule. Supposed to reign. You know, so um, tonight I'm going to be speaking to you on the kingly anointing. Yes, the kingly anointing. Because God has made you a king. You have to realize who you are. You have to realize what perhaps is your right that you have not exercised. What is your gift that you have not exercised? What is your authority that you have not used yet? You see, you know, there was this guy who bought a ticket to travel to Europe on a, on a ship. And um, this was about a 30-day um, journey because ships, they go very slowly on the water and they want you to enjoy the journey. Now, when he bought his ticket, he was in his corner somewhere. Once in a while, he would go out of his room, walk around on the ship. A ship can be very huge. Yeah. 
It can be several stories high, very, very long, very, very big. So he will go on board, go and survey. And when he goes, you see people enjoying. Some are eating in the restaurant. Some are enjoying, you know, entertainment. Some are, you know, swimming on the ship. And you'll be saying, these people are really lucky. They are really, really lucky. They are, they are really enjoying and they, they have a lot of money to spend, you know. Now, he was always like that, managing his small biscuits that he's carried on his journey all the way from his um, place of it took off. And um, by the 29th day, you know, the captain saw him and said, oh, I've not seen you on the ship. I think this is the first time of meeting you. Are you not socializing, coming out, you know, and uh, mingling with the people and enjoying the, the, the ship and the journey? He said, oh, I'm, I'm just trying to mind my own business. You know, I don't have enough money, you know, um, to eat in the restaurant like some of the other people or to have some of the other amenities that are being enjoyed. And the captain said, oh, what are you talking about? Your ticket you bought, you know. All those things are included. Yeah. The restaurant is paid for already. The food is paid for. The entertainment is paid for. The pool is paid for. The gym on the ship is paid for. Everything is paid for already. The massage is paid for. Yeah, the spa is paid for. Everything is paid for. You don't have to pay for anything else. When you bought the ticket, everything was in it. And it was only one day left for the journey to end. And he had, he had been morose and in his corner all this while for 29 days. Not knowing that he would have enjoyed all these things. All because of his ignorance. He didn't know. And so sometimes God has made you something and some things are even available to you but you don't know and you allow the enemy to corner you to, to bully you to, 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 to punch you in the corner of the ring somewhere you know you are missing out on many things things that could have come to you you see and say oh these people they really really got power they are really enjoying and all these things were available to you already why? because you are a king you are a king and every resource in the kingdom is at your disposal. You are a king and every resource of your, your, your citizens are available to you. The gold in the land is available to you. Yeah, the minerals in the land is available to you. The rich, you know, minerals, vegetation, farms, everything is available to you. Your word is even your bond. When you speak, it is happening. It's a command. You know, you have soldiers under you. You, are, you must understand that you are a king. Tonight, I pray that the grace of God will fall upon you. And that you understand your kingship. And you understand what authority you wield. And you understand what anointing is in your life. You understand your place in the kingdom of God. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody is coming into a new anointing. Somebody is coming into a fresh anointing. Somebody is coming into a 
holy anointing. Somebody is coming into an anointing where the resources of the kingdom is available to you. Somebody is coming into an anointing where every grace in the kingdom is available to you. Every authority to exercise is available to you. And if you believe it tonight, stand to your feet and shout, Yeah! Sit down. This kingly anointing was manifested by Jesus when he was on earth. Jesus was a king. And he's an example of how kings should be. And how kings should act and how kings should behave. So one of the things you will never see Jesus doing, you will not see him carrying money. Jesus never carried money. He had rather accountants and treasurers who carried money for him. Yeah. And he, he was never like in need of having to be under pressure to have money it was one of these few things that he thought about when he really was pressed to use money he could even ask one of his apostles to go and get money from the belly of a fish that is in the water somewhere to pay for what he needed to pay yeah, Jesus never carried money and, and truly rich people don't carry money. Prophet Doug said that the, the, the mother told him that those who are really rich, they don't, you, won't, you won't see them carry money. Yeah. The, 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 the queen of England who passed away never carried money. money. The new king, is it King George? King Charles, King, king Charles III. He doesn't carry money. This but they don't carry money. No, they don't carry money at all money is not like an issue for them if they need it they will command it and it will come because they are kings yes I, I don't imagine that Otunfo carries money he, why will he carry money what he carries is gold rings and gold bangles and gold necklaces and, 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 and rich container is going. he doesn't carry money yes if he really needs the money he will just ask somebody oh, do this and it will be done buy this and it will be done. Yes, Jesus was like that. He never carried money because he was a king. He was a king. Yeah, he was a king. You see, we are too concerned. <laughs> we are too concerned. Too concerned about too many things. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is why Jesus told Martha. Look, that, that, word, that word concerned about too many things. There's only one thing that is needful. And Mary, your sister, has chosen it. And nobody will take it away from her. Yeah. That don't worry about whether food has been done. Yeah. If he really needs to eat, he just has to say, look, you can't get fish, eh? Throw your net on the right. The fish is there. Yeah. And when they throw it, the fish, wherever they are going on leave, they've gone on vacation too. They will all come. They will all come to the net to be caught. Because a command has been issued by a king that fish is needed. So the whole net will start to break. Every fish is running to be in the net of the king who has commanded it to, be ca to come. Yeah. Yeah. 
They are talking about the king. Yeah. You know, when his disciples and apostles who were following him felt that Jesus had been overwhelmed by his enemies, and Peter took a knife, cut somebody's ear, Jesus said, Look, put away your knife. <laughs> put away your knife. What are you doing? Don't you know that if I wanted, I could command legions of angels and they will appear right now to fight for me? Yeah, I'm a king and I have a kingdom. And my soldiers, who are my angels, they are available to me. If I really need them to fight, they will fight. That is a king. His word is his command. There is a, a, an authority upon him, and there is a command that when he gives, everything that is around him in his kingdom will respond to. I pray that tonight you catch this revelation. I say, I pray that tonight you catch this revelation in the name of Jesus Christ. You are entering into a new anointing, you are entering into the anointing of a king. The kingly anointing is coming upon you, the authority of a king is coming upon you. There is going to be authority and backing behind your words in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody shout yes. Sit down. You see, Jesus, yeah. Peter had been struggling all night. He's got nothing. Yeah, he's got nothing. You know, and Jesus said, Look, push, push a little further. Just a little further, you know, and then just let down your nets and catch something. Yeah, an experienced fisherman like Peter, who has been fishing for years. You see, yeah, if he's saying that he has caught nothing, he's caught nothing because he's an experienced man. You see, but Jesus' word that command of a king. There is something behind it. Yeah. Some of us have not seen our place as a king. That is why when you are even casting out demons, you can cast it out for about eight hours. Because when you said go, you don't believe that when you said pie is going. So you are still saying it for the next six hours. You are saying it. Easy. But look at how Jesus cast out devils. He didn't spend eight hours on any demon-possessed person. Yeah. Any demon-possessed person that he confronted, he issues only one command. Come out! And that is all. The rest will be manifestations and things, but it is gone. Yeah. But you sometimes, when you say, they are thinking about the lie you told last week whether the demon knows about it. Yeah. Some of you are very afraid to come into contact with any demon anywhere. Because you know that sometimes like these demons, they know things. <laughs> Before you realize they are exposing all your secrets. <laughs> yeah. you know. When Jesus came down from the mountain, he met a man who had brought his son who was who, was, who had the spirit of death and damp. And the man said, look, I brought this, my son to your disciples to cast out this demon, but they couldn't do it. 
you know. And when Jesus saw that even people were coming around, immediately he rebuked the spirit. Yeah. And the boy started to manifest. That was it. The demon was well. It's gone. And the boy was well. He took the boy and gave the boy to the father. When the people said, oh, I think he's dead. He's not dead. He's just, the demon is, not, is now gone out of the person. And the, and the boy is well. Yeah. Jesus always operated like that. Always. If it is, if it is um, sickness, he will just issue a command. Go thy way. Thy son liveth. Yeah. Your daughter is well. Go thy way. Go home. Yeah. Rise. And it will happen. Yeah. You see, because he knew he was. He was a king. Are you there? And the Bible says that we have been lifted together with Jesus in heavenly places and we are reigning. Jesus sits on the right hand of God, the Father. The place where he sits is a place where he sits as an overcomer of all his enemies. He sits far above all principalities, powers, dominions, thrones. He sits far above all those. They are all under his feet and we sit together with him there you know so we are kings on the earth and Jesus is our prince he is a prince of the kings who are here on this earth because he has made us kings and priests kings and priests kings and priests now when you look in the old testament you realize that the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon different people to work. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not in anybody because they were not saved. They were not redeemed by the blood of Jesus because Jesus hadn't come at the time. So they only had the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them to do what God had called them to do. So, the prophets had an anointing upon them to prophesy, to write, and to lead the people of God spiritually. So, we have all these great prophets in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Moses, they are all prophets in the Bible. Then, we also have the priests who also carried an anointing to minister the things of God in the temple of God. You know, tomorrow, if um, God gives us um, life, um, I want to be sharing with you on the second part of what God has made us into, which is priest. You know. So the priest had an anointing upon them to function. You see, and um, you can see that there was an anointing on them to perform a certain duty and a certain task. Because those who didn't carry it, when they made a mistake of encroaching into an office that they, they were not called, usually God disposed of them. Yeah. 
Saul, for example, you know, he was going into battle. He didn't wait for Prophet Samuel to arrive to make the necessary sacrifices that they were needed so that they could go into battle. And when the prophet delayed, he got up to do the sacrifices himself and brought dishonor to his office as a king. And when he did that, God rejected him for that. You see. Samuel was not happy with him at all. And he did that because he said, I saw that the people were scattering from me. And I forced myself to do what I wasn't supposed to do. There have been kings in the Bible who go into the temple to go and perform duties in the temple when it was not their calling. And God was not happy with them and dealt with them. You see. Uzzah, for example, stretched forth his hand to go and carry the ark to stabilize it from falling. And he was not an ordained priest and an anointed priest to carry the ark of covenant which was the presence of God. And when he touched the ark, God struck him dead. So you see that those who performed certain functions in the Old Testament carried an anointing on their lives to perform their duties and to minister to God and to his people. And you could see that God took that office very seriously. And he did not want anybody who had not been anointed for that office to come in that office to do what um, those who were anointed were, were ordained to do. So if you are not a priest, you couldn't go into the tabernacle of Moses to go and perform priest duties there. And if you are not the high priest, for example, and anointed as such, you couldn't go into the holiest of all. The holy of holies. You couldn't enter the place, even if you were an ordinary priest, to say that you are going to do some priestly duty there. You will die. And the high priest, when he entered the place, always entered the place with a rope around his leg. So that in case he dies there, they will pull him out by the rope. Because nobody can enter there to bring the body. Else the person will also die. So you see, there was a real anointing that people carried to do certain things. Now, the kings also in the Bible were also anointed to be kings. And the very first king in the Bible who was anointed as such was a man called Saul. Turn the Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter number 9. Now the Bible says that there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, the son of Bekorah, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. So Saul, his father, was Kish. 
and Saul, the Bible says that when you, you, you chanced on him, he was a very handsome man. Yeah. He was so handsome. If there was um, a pageant for men, Saul would win. Yeah, he was a very fine boy. Yeah, very fine boy. The King James uses the word, um, there was no goodlier person. Other versions uses um, handsome. Yeah, he was a goodly man. He was a good guy. He was a nice guy. He was heads and shoulders above everything. Ladies, they like tall guys. How many ladies here like tall guys? You see, only one person will admit. The ladies, they like standing. Hey! Even if they like, they will show. Meanwhile, they like who? The ladies like, girls like boys far more than boys like girls. When I say it, but why does he want to agree? But it's true. <laughs> so, if you are a lady and you got Saul, you have got a nice brother. Yes. In this two-night convention, may a lady get some nice brother. I profess a nice beloved for you. I profess a nice husband for you. I profess a good husband for you. A goodly husband for you. Yeah. You know. So, Saul, even without any anointing, he was a fine boy. Yeah. Without any anointing, he was a nice boy. Already. You know. And the asses of Saul, asses of King Saul's father were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go and seek the asses. And he passed through Mount Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. So Saul was sent by his father Kish on an errand. Now, some of you don't know that there are certain instructions and commands which are given by authority figures over your life. Those instructions are actually coded. When Kish, the father of Saul, sent Saul to go and look for the asses, he was actually sending him to go, go and be a king. But it was all coded in go and look for the donkeys. So sometimes there are certain errands that God's servants give you as a child of God, as a member of a church, as a sheep to a shepherd or a sheep to a pastor or a pastor to a bishop that is coded. It's like go and do this. But the real reason is that go and be prosperous go and be anointed go and be a king go and get a beloved go and get a husband go and get a wife go and get a job go and get a car so someone who doesn't carry a spirit of obedience will be cut off from the blessings of God yeah. yes because when, when case sent so he was not sending him to go and look for asses. But he went around, even the donkeys he didn't find. 
what he really sent him to do was to go and be a king. That was the real assignment. So if Saul had misbehaved, if Saul had said, oh, these when they get up here and they are just setting us everywhere. Today they say, yeah, go and visit this guy. Go and follow up this sheep. Tomorrow they say, yeah, go and do visitation. They say, we are, we are going on outreach here in this area. They are just sending us left, right and center. Don't kiss it. He would have said that I am not ready to go and be a king. I am not ready to go and reign over all of Israel. I am not ready to go and be the first king in Israel and be anointed and have subjects under me and have an army over me, under me and have all the resources of Israel under my control. He would have been saying that this is what I am not going to get. I don't want it. That's what the Bible says that if you are, you are obedient. If you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. An obedient person will eat the good of the land. Yes. Be careful of some of the sendings that you have been sent by authority people over you. Be careful about it. Because they are coded. They are coded. In the sending, there is a husband in it. In the sending, there is a wife in it. In the sending, there is a job in it. In the sending, there is a child in it. In the sending, there is prosperity in it. In the sending, there is a house in it. There is a new land in it. Oh, may somebody come into his blessing. May somebody come into his blessing. May somebody come into his blessing. If you are here to receive, shout yes! It wasn't just go and look for donkeys. (laughs) Sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and when they were come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, let us retain, lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought of us. And he said unto him, Behold, now there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he said comes surely to pass. Now let us go thither, peradventure, he can show us our way that we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, But behold, if we go, Shall we bring the what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? And the servant answered, Saul again, and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come. Let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Then said Saul to his servant, servant, Well said, come let us go. So they went unto the city where the man of God was. So when they couldn't find the donkeys, the asses that were missing, they discussed and said, Look, let us return. Then so we've heard that there's a prophet being in this land. Let's go and look for him rather. So that he tells us. 
But Saul was quick to remind the servant that, look, as we are going to see the prophet, what honor are we going to bring to him? We cannot go empty-handed. We must go with a seed. We must go with an offering so that he will receive it and tell us whatever prophetic direction that we need for our lives. And the servant said, well, I have some shekel of silver here. A piece of silver. Let's take it. And we will give it to him so that he prophesies into our lives. You see, the key of giving, the key of honoring the servant of God, the key of sowing seeds into an anointing, the key of giving to the work of God will never change in the Bible and will never change in our service of God. Giving has always been a part of serving God. Yes. Giving. You see, Saul was thinking correctly. He said, yes, we can go and see the prophet, but what are we going to give to him? What are we going to give to him? What honor are we going to bring to him? Some of you have been seeing your pastors and bishops empty-handed. Empty-handed. That is why even if there is some prophecy, the prophecy has remained in the spirit of the man. You don't know how to honor. Honor is directly proportional to the power of God that is released and manifested. In Mark chapter 6, where Jesus' gift and anointing was not honored, he couldn't do miracles there. Yeah. So, a church that doesn't honor a servant of God, doesn't honor a prophet, doesn't honor the gift of God, doesn't honor his pastor, will not see a certain level of power being released. The anointing that operates in kings will be lacking when the honor is small. When Jesus went to Nazareth in Mark chapter 6, instead of operating as a king, he went around laying hands with very little healings and minor sicknesses being healed. But where the gift was honored, that great kidney anointing on him manifested. And in Mark chapter 6, the last verses, you see that Jesus was truly operating with that gift of a king. Yeah. Jesus, many places he went ministering, you will not see him laying hands on people often. He will rather speak, go thy way, your son liveth. Yeah. Arise, take your bed and walk. Yeah. Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Yeah. This is how he operated. He operated as a king through his words. But in his hometown where the anointing was not honored, was not respected, was not celebrated, he could not operate that way. So Bible says that he only laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he usually did not operate in that way. So that honor, learn how to 
honor God's gifts to release a certain grace in your life. You know, there are two types of Christians. There are Christians who are like, they respect the institution. They respect the church. And there are Christians who also respect, apart from the church, they respect and honor the person that God is using. So, when you meet one type of Christian whose honor is solely for the institution and the church, when a, 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 a car is bought for the pastor, you will see that person insisting that the brand of the church and the logo of the church must be pasted on both sides of the car and at the back for everybody to know that the pastor is driving a church car. Hey! <laughs> Those are the institutionalized members. Yeah. Yes. Those are the institutionalized members. They, they don't want the person that God is using to have anything that is for him. Whatever that it is that you can benefit from must also be in the name of the church and must belong to the church. Yeah. Ask your neighbor who's sitting by you. Which kind of a Christian are you? <laughs> yeah. Which one are you? So, they will not like to let the pastor have enough money so that he can buy what he needs. But they will rather want to go around in the pastor's house to find out whether toilet roll is finished. <laughs> and when they go and this time when they went, instead of the toilet roll being left with about four to finish, it had been finished about three days before the end of the month. Then they will be saying, this day is pastor don't need the door. What a shock. But they will not have they will not like him to have what he needs so that he can buy it for himself if he wants to use it. There are some people who are like that. Yeah, it's like the church is the church. It's the church, but not the man. But you have to understand that by the righteousness of one man, God saves a nation. All ministries are begun by one person. It's God who uses a person to do a church, to do a ministry, to, 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 to minister his power, to minister his grace. He uses people. He uses people. His power is not in a vacuum. It is on people. Hallelujah. And when God anoints a prophet to use, you are benefiting from the gifts and the grace that is on the person. You must honor that person also who is carrying the gifts. Can I have an amen from somebody? Celebrate with a hand clap. Now sit down. Sit down. Alright. Now, so they made haste and went to go and see um prophet Samuel. Now look at verse 15. It's very interesting. I want you to notice that before um, I give you some few more points. Look at it. It said, now the Lord had told Samuel 
in his ear. Hmm? I'm praying that tonight as we pray, the prophetic grace will be released on you. That your ear will be opened. That your eye will be opened. That you will see. That the gift of the descending of spirits will work on you. Operate in your life. That the word of knowledge will operate in your life. That the word of wisdom will operate in your life. That prophecy will operate in your life. The Bible says that the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came. And this is one of the ways that prophets are able to operate. They hear in their ear. Yeah. Prophets have two ears. An inner ear and an outward ear. So they hear. They hear. A prophet hears what God is saying. Yeah. Sometimes prophets hear. There are are, are three gifts that must operate consistently in your life for you to be a prophet. And for you to stand in the office of a prophet. Number one. The gift of the discerning of spirits. The gift of of the word of knowledge. The gift of the word of wisdom. These three gifts. In the book of 1 Corinthians 12 they are called revelation gifts because they reveal something they make you see something alright now these three gifts two of them must be working plus the gift of prophecy consistently for you to be a prophet so it's either you have the gift of the descending of spirits that make you see visions it makes you see videos and the gift of word of wisdom or word of knowledge. Any of these two. So you have a prophet who has the gift of descending of spirit plus word of knowledge or word of wisdom plus prophecy. You may also have a prophet who has the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom plus prophecy but not the gift of the descending of spirit. So he doesn't see. He hears. He hears alone. So when he's, when, he's, when he's operating, you know, he will, he, will, he will be operating more like, oh, I hear this, I sense this, I feel this. I, even when he uses the word see, it may not be seen as in a video dimension or in pictures, but he's seen in a spirit. Yeah. So these two revelation gifts must always work together plus prophecy, any of the two. And must work consistently for you to stand in the office of a prophet. If it works occasionally, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a prophet. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now, Samuel was a seer. So he could hear. Now, God had told him already a day before Saul came saying, tomorrow about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel. That word captain is also the same word king. You will anoint him to be king over my people Israel that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because of their cry. Because their cry is come unto me. So what I'm trying to draw your attention to is that the 15 says that and the 16 says that God had told the prophet that he was sending Saul to come to him 
so that he, so, he, somewhere, he somewhere will anoint him to be king. So that means that, which is what I was saying earlier, that when Kish, the father, said, go and look for the donkeys, it wasn't really the reason. The real reason is this one. The real reason was that God wanted Saul to go and meet Samuel so that the anointing to be king will be put upon him. That was the real reason. Yeah. Now when, I, when, when, when somebody who is an authority figure sends you to do something, what is the real reason behind it? Yeah. What is the real reason? Apart from the natural, physical reason, what is the real reason that you don't know about? Yeah. Now, when he got there, the Bible says, and when Samuel saw Saul, 17, the Lord said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spake to thee of, this same shall reign over my people. Because a king reigns. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let thee go and will tell thee all that is in thy heart. And as for thy asses, they were lost. That were lost three days ago. Set not thy mind on them, for they are found. And whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and on all the father's house? And Saul answered and said, I'm not I, I'm not I a Benjamite and the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family the least of all the families of the tribes of Benjamin. Wherefore then speaketh thou so to me? And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the parlor and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidding, which were about 30 persons. And Samuel said unto the cook, Bring the portion which I have, which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, Set it by thee. And the cook took up the shoulder and that which was upon it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold, that which is left, set it before thee and eat. For unto this time has it been kept for thee since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. And when they were come down from the high place into the city, Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house. And they arose early and it came to pass about the spring of the day that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house saying, Up, that I may send thee away. And Saul arose, and they went out both of them, he and Samuel abroad. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. This evening, may the word of the Lord be shown unto you. May a prophetic word come your way. May direction come your way. May guidance come your way. May your appointed time of being a king be tonight. May new oil come upon your head. May new oil come upon your head. May new oil come upon your head. May the killing oil come upon your head. May you reign. May you rule. In the name of Jesus Christ. I see that killing anointing is coming upon somebody. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Sit down quickly. Let me mention this thing then I'll pray for you. Number one, the killing anointing will make you to recover all the things you have lost. 
adibia wayira efriunsa washri may the lord cause it to be restored unto you in jesus name may you recover all i say may you recover all in first samuel chapter 10 verse 2 when thou art departed from me today then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah and they will say unto thee the asses which thou wentest to seek are found and lo thy father has left the care of the asses and soweth for thee saying what shall I do for my son whatever it is that is missing in your life tonight is your night of recovery I said tonight is your night of recovery I was preaching to Prasu yesterday. You know, I saw a bird that has taken somebody's harvest and was flying away. Evil spirits and demons sometimes carry things that belong to people. Yeah. Sometimes in the spirit, you see that somebody's womb has been removed. The person can never be pregnant. Yeah. The person can never be pregnant. Yeah. Sometimes somebody's glory has been taken away. Sometimes somebody's stuff has been taken. So you see that the person is trying, but it's not working. Yeah. There are some people who work into other people's accounts. Yeah. You are working, but it's not going into your pocket. All the riches that was supposed to come to you is going to another person. Because people can switch things and they can take things from you. Anything which has been taken from you, let it be recovered. I said, let it be recovered. Let it be restored. What the enemy has taken out of your life, let it be restored to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, you shall recover. I said, you shall recover. Tonight, you are recovering. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. The enemy has taken away your husband. Your enemy has taken away your wife. Your enemy has taken away the glory in your marriage. Is being given back to you. The beauty which is supposed to be on your sons and daughters has been taken away and they've been made into vagabonds and into sons and daughters of Belial. Tonight is being restored in Jesus' name, it's being recovered in Jesus' name. Any status you are lost in life, any level you are falling from, any financial status that you are falling from, tonight let it be restored in Jesus' name recover all by the killing anointing tonight as an anointing comes upon you you are recovering i say you are recovering you are recovering may you recover your inheritance may you recover your possessions may you recover what is due you may you recover what belongs to you in the name of the lord jesus christ i see it being given back to you somebody shout i receive it the killing anointing will make you forward and make you progress in life. It will make you progress in life. Look at that killing oil. This is what happened to some um, Saul. You see, it happened to him immediately after oil came upon him. Look at verse 1 of uh, chapter 10, 1 Samuel. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? He poured oil upon him. Everything started to change. 
But one thing I like about the verse 1, which really I need to bring to your attention, which you have not, I believe, heard anybody talk about, is that when God, Saul was a stranger to Samuel, but when he realized that there was an anointing that was upon Saul by God, when he poured the oil as a symbol of that anointing that God was giving to Saul, he also kissed him. Yeah. A person who truly loves God and loves his work also loves his people and his servants. Yeah. That kiss was a sign of affection. It was a sign of love. That I don't know you. I met you only yesterday night. But because God wants to use you and God loves you, I don't have to have known you for years. I love you too. I help you. I want to be with you. I want to support you. I want to encourage your ministry. I want to encourage your church. I want to encourage the anointing on your life. I want to support you as much as I can. I will anoint you and help you to become the king that God wants you to become. That is truly a servant of God who loves God. You don't only love God, you love his servants and you love his people. Yeah. You love his servants and you love his people. Yeah. And you you will stretch yourself to help anybody who is a servant of God. Not because of what you get, but God has given you an opportunity and privilege to help. Is somebody here? May your heart be full of affection. May your heart be full of affection and love for God's people. If you see your pastor trying to do something, love your pastor. If you're trying to see your overseer doing something, love your overseer. When you see your bishop is doing something for the Lord, love him. Let your love move. Let your heart be moved. Let your affection be stirred up. Support. Be moved. You don't have to know the person. You don't have to be the friend of the person. Even if this one day you met the person and God showed you, help the person. Are you there? Yeah. That is it. That is someone who truly loves God. You, are, you love God's people too. You love the sheep. You hold them and minister to them. And any gift that is in you, you will try to use it to help them because they are God's people. But why don't you put your hands together? Sit down. In verse 3, the Bible says that thou shalt go on forward from thence and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. You will go forward from here. The anointing will make you go forward. The anointing will make you advance. The anointing will make you march forward. In the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody here who is stagnant in life, by the anointing tonight, I push you forward. I say, I push you forward. May your finances go forward. May your ministry go forward. May your work go forward. May your status in life go forward. May your marriage go forward. May your business go forward. The work you are doing, may you go forward. May you go forward in life. There are some people, they never go forward in anything they are doing. But a person who is anointed, you will see that he will go forward in everything he is doing. Next year by this time, you will not be in the same spot. I said you will not be in the same spot. You will advance and you will progress. May your steps be washed with butter. May you take the necessary steps forward because you are anointed. May the Lord 
cause your feet to go forward in the direction you need to go. In the name of Jesus. Anything that is making you stagnant in life, that thing we rebuke in Jesus' name. I say we rebuke in Jesus' name. Somebody shout yes. yes. Go for it. Go for it. You know, your life is made of compartments. Sometimes what cover new school come now soon cover new our Yeah. Cover new our room. Oh yeah, bear my butt. Oh spams ding na ya ye. They said they're freezy. Because you are not married, you have not been using it. And you are not releasing it. So I said, you have a good idea, Marie Coco. So, sometimes as a man, you can see that, oh, this aspect of my life is moving forward. This aspect is moving forward. But this aspect alone, it seems as if I'm stuck. How many realize that sometimes? That sometimes certain areas seem to be stuck. Tonight, we command by the anointing. That every area in your life that is stuck, let it begin to move forward. I said, let it begin to move forward. In the name of the Lord Jesus, somebody you must have a beloved and marry. I command that by the anointing it is happening. In the name of Jesus Christ, somebody you have not had a job for some months now. I command a new job for you. Your life is moving forward. In the name of the Lord Jesus, somebody shout yes. You have to go for it. You have to go for it. Hey. If some aspect of your life is not going for it, it's painful, power. Now I get center worker still. Remember, it's here for. It's not going for it. It's not going for it. Hmm? Something must go for it. I see in the spirit some people taking some necessary steps in a particular direction. You are taking some necessary steps in a particular direction. I decree and declare in your life you will not enter into next year at the same spot. You will testify that your life has moved forward. That you have advanced. That you have marched forward. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You are buying that land before the year ends. You are receiving that car before the year ends. You are getting that promotion before the year ends. You are receiving that increase before the year ends. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The kingly anointing is performing it. It is performing it. In Jesus name. That shall go on forward from thence. The kingly anointing will make men salute you. You will be saluted. It means you'll be respected. Amen. You'll be honored. Amen. Verse 4, it says, and they will salute thee. Amen. Yes. You will not be ignored again. Yes. You will not be disregarded. Yes. Yeah. You know, recently I was in my, um, my hometown. One of my aunties was celebrating the 70th birthday. I didn't go early. When I went, the program was far advanced. They were in the middle somewhere. You know, but as soon as I got there, the MC had to announce my presence. Yes, yeah, he needed to announce my presence. 
And I know for a fact that many people came there and nobody was announced. Yes. Yeah, but my, my presence is there to be announced. Announced. Because I'm the only bishop in my family. Yes. I'm the only bishop in my family. From both sides. And anytime I go for an engagement ceremony, get together, end of year party, I will not fail to remind them that I'm the only bishop in the family. Should in case somebody is forgetting. As soon as I got there, it's like, shall we receive Bishop Fred Ansakote is in the house. Because if I've come, I've not just come as an honorary person who has come. I have come with my honor. My honor of a bishop. My honor of the presence of God. The honor of the anointing I'm carrying. Yeah. My auntie was 70 years ago. I'm a very young man. And when it was time for, for, for the prayer, elderly people who were 80 years old, 75 years, they were all sitting down. Shall we call Bishop Fred to come and pray for our 70 year old mother? and they shall salute you. May you be saluted. Anything that is associated with you that is shame, that is dishonor, that is disgrace, today it is changed in Jesus' name. By the anointing you shall be saluted. I said you shall be saluted. I said you shall be saluted. I said you shall be saluted. May God salute you. Yeah. God respects you. That's why men also respect you. Yeah. Yes, God respects you. It's amazing, no? Yeah. You see, between even the angels, even among the fallen ones and the ones who have not fallen, there's even a mutual respect and honor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, were, there are three main brothers who are archangels and high angels in heaven who are mentioned. Michael, Gabriel and Lucifer. Now in Jude, the Bible says that when Michael contended with Satan over the bodies, the body of Moses, he dare not bring a railing accusation against Satan, but he said, the Lord rebuked thee. Why? Because a person, but Lucifer was anointed before. When you are anointed, even if you are fallen, God's anointing and things on you it's like God has put something on you and that thing is, is still respected yeah yeah yes 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 so when the anointing comes on you it changes you it changes people's perception of you yeah the anointing changes your past the anointing on you even if your past is shameful and you share it, it does not diminish the honor God has put on you. Yeah. That is why great men of God and great women of God, they use the terrible lives they've had. Sometimes they say, I was a fornicator, I was a prostitute, I was a womanizer, I was this, I was an adulterer, I was a weed smoker. They share it freely and the honor on them has not gone down. No. You would think that if they share it, people will view them differently. But God's anointing causes people to still honor them and respect them. I see the anointing elevating you. 
I see the anointing lifting you. I see the anointing bringing you above any kind of shame, any kind of disgrace. May your past be erased. May your past vanish. Let the honor that comes from the anointing come upon you. Somebody shout, I receive it. When you're anointed, one day you share. Said, oh, I had four boys. I was, I was, I was, I was managing at the same time. Yeah. Yes. And when you share it, because of the anointing which is on your life, the people, the people will be amazed. And rather, God will use their story to teach people and to bless people and to tell people that what they are doing is not right and that you have been there before. And as God has saved you. He can also save them. Yeah. 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 The killing anointing will cause men to give to you. Yes. In verse 4, he says, You shall meet some people, and they will give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. Huh? Huh? They will salute thee and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. When you, when you have the killing anointing on you, people will give to you. Yeah. It's the anointing that makes people give to you. There is no other reason why somebody should give to you. Naturally, if somebody gives to you, the person mathematically is reduced. It doesn't make sense for somebody to take what he has to give to you. It is only the anointing that makes a person to honor you by giving to you. Yeah. If you don't have the anointing, nobody gives to you. You may only be living on your salary and things, but you will hardly have anybody ever coming to say that, I want to bless you. But the anointing will make people give to you. Yeah. But watch this. Look at when we read in, verse, in chapter 9. Uh, look at Saul's mentality. When he was going to see the prophets, his mind was that I have something that I have to give to him. I must not go empty-handed. You see, where there is giving, there is a receiving. Where there is a seed, there is a harvest. You, you have made yourself an Armstrong. And Mr. Stingy Man, you never part with any seed from your hand. Why should people also give to you? You don't give to anybody. You don't plant seeds. You don't sow seeds. Yeah. When they say so 1,000 cities, you won't so. 2,000 cities, hey! That better make their 2,000 cities. Hey! Chale! I found my idea. I found my idea. So you can't plant, you can't sow. Yeah! You see, so that is why you don't receive. You may think that it is just out of a vacuum that people are giving to sow. But he himself was somebody who, who was a giver. Every giver will receive. And you cannot outgive God. It is more blessed to give than to receive. A person who gives will cause God to also give to him. It is a principle. If you give to the poor, God will also give back to you. Yes. Yeah. You know, this Christmas, some of you have shops and businesses. You have put a box and you have put a wrapper around it. Red wrapper with green ribbons. And you have written on it big Xmas bonus. That when people come to your shop, they should put something inside for you. How you are thinking 
is what is not making people to also give to you. Rather, this Xmas, give a discount on your services and say that this Xmas season, from 20th to 31st, anybody that comes to my shop to come and do the hair, 20% discount. Anybody that comes to come and sew from my shop in this Christmas season, 10% discount. Anybody who is my num- the top 10 customers that I have are receiving 50% discount. Be a giver. Be a giver. Even those who don't know God, when they are philanthropic, it opens doors for them. Giving is a key. It's a wild key. So learn how to sow. Learn how to plant. Give to God's work. Give to the church. Give to church buildings. The building physically of the church. Give to it. Buy cement. Do anytime there is a building project. Give to it. It will call God to give to you. Yeah, you will receive. <laughs> Learn it. Learn it. Too much. I pity the wife who is about to marry you. Tonight I release the grace of giving on you. And I release the anointing that receives. The anointing that receives. Yeah. You know, when you have the killing anointing, as a king, you will learn how to receive. Yeah. All the great kings, they know how to receive. They receive gifts. You see them sitting on their throne and people bring gifts. And they collect it. Yeah. Yes. Prophet Dax said he saw Archbishop Nick some years ago. He saw that he was very comfortable with receiving gifts. Yeah. A king knows how to receive gifts. He said, they shall give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive. You receive. There is a time to receive. Yeah. Some of you are too suspicious. Obima watadi adi so di nu yesu mojemu. Adi for yesu. A friend is saying, Holy Ghost fire mu. No, I am fasting three days. Obi bechawo abe, abe no. This all the new Jesus mojamu. And niawo, a friend is saying, Holy Ghost fire here. Best four days. And so now, why you do need the do? You don't know how to receive. You are too suspicious. Yeah, you are too suspicious. You are too suspicious. You have to learn how to receive. Santa, God just wants you to receive. Yeah. Any seeds you are planted, may your receiving time and harvest time also come. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This December, I see somebody being shown some kindness. Yes, you receive a blessing. You receive love. You receive money. You receive help. You receive grace. You receive uncommon favor. This December will not pass without you receiving. In the name of Jesus, may God's anointing cause you to receive. Somebody shout yes. Yeah. I want to bring my message to a a close. Yeah. You will go with God's presence when you are anointed. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God. The hill of God is where God is. May you have the presence of God with you. Amen. 
the killing anointing will also cause you to meet certain people. Yeah. The killing anointing. The number of people you know also shows what is coming to you. Everything you are receiving in this life is coming to you through people you meet. And through people God has connected you to. And some of you don't know enough people. Yeah. But as soon as Saul was anointed, he met a new group of people he had never met before. Yeah. Because when you meet them, something in your life will change. Yeah. Yes. yes. Some of you have not met me before. In that sense, I'm ministering to you for the first time tonight. It's that anointing that is making me you to meet me. And it's bringing a blessing in your life. It's bringing favor in your life. It's bringing grace in your life. It's causing a change in your life. Yeah. Because of my meeting tonight, some ladies in this church have found husbands already. In their spirit, they have, they have, they have already found husbands. God has connected them already. Because of the meeting tonight, somebody has entered a new room, a new office, and a new chair. Somebody has been promoted because of this convention. Somebody has been delivered from death, from accident, and from assault because of the meeting tonight. Yeah. When you meet people, you get things from them. The God-ordained people you meet, they bring help to you, and they bring grace into your life. May you meet the people that God has destined for you to meet in the name of the Lord Jesus. Anybody that is necessary for you to meet in this life, that is God ordained. May you come across that person in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout yes. The killing anointing will make you prophesy. It will make you speak. Anybody who is a king will not speak smallness. Yeah. You, you, to prophesy means simply to speak under inspiration. Yeah, and one of the things a king uses is his word. Hardly will you see a king going somewhere himself, but he will give a command. He will give a command. Yes. Yeah. So when you become a king, you will declare. You will declare by faith. When you become a king, you will declare in prayer. When you become a king, you will declare in preaching. When you become a king, you will speak, you will prophesy. A prophecy is something that you have said that is coming to pass. You will predict and it shall come to pass. May your words no longer be ordinary. When you say, may it come to pass. When you pray, may it come to pass. May the enemy fear your prayers. In the name of Jesus. The queen of Scotland was in the room and said, I don't fear anybody except the prayers of John Knox. I fear the prayers of John Knox. Because that was a king who was in the room praying. Yeah. An apostle was a king. So I I, I fear those prayers. May witches fear your prayers. May the spirit realm fear your prayers. May demons fear your prayers. When you pray, may it come to pass. When you declare, may it come to pass. When you say, may it happen. Because of the kingly anointing. Somebody shout yes. Yeah. And the last one I want to share. Is that the kingly anointing. Will transform you into another man. 
and thou shalt be turned into another man. That is verse 6. Yeah. May you be turned into another man. Yeah. God is changing you. After, after tonight, you are no longer the same person. You are a different person. Amen. I said you are a different person. I remember one pastor friend of mine said that he was moving somewhere. He met some old schoolmates. Then the schoolmate used some guy name. Say, hey, Master, where are you coming from? This guy name, we buried it some 20 years ago. Now I'm an apostle crying with churches at the beer. You are coming to use a guy name from secondary school, which has been buried in a cemetery. Hey, you'll be transformed into another man. What you used to be called, you will not be called that name again. What you used to be known about, you will not be known by that way again. People like to use your problem to describe you. The woman with the issue of blood. The madman of Gadara. The blind Bartimius. Hey! So people have been using your past to describe you. But tonight I see a transformation. The anointing is transforming you. Instead of some bad guy name, I see somebody calling you prophets. I see somebody calling you pastor. I see somebody calling you servant of God. I see somebody calling you woman of God. Yeah. You'll be transformed. You'll be transformed. You'll be transformed. Yeah. Instead of some bad lady guy name that you had, your name is changed. And I see some husband calling you sweetheart. I see some husband calling you honey. I see somebody calling you darling. You are changed and you are transformed. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen to you. The things which are happening in the natural have already taken place in the spirit. As you receive it tonight, the change is happening practically. I said the change is happening practically. And really you become another man because God has changed your heart. This is what it says actually here. Eh? It says, it says here. And verse 9. When Saul turned away to go away from Samuel, God gave him another heart. Yeah. Because a decorated pig is still a pig. It will still go back to the baller the swimming pool of mud, rubbish, toilets, because it is a pig at heart. But if the heart changes, then the transformation actually takes place. Tonight, may your heart really change. May you be converted in the name of Jesus. Anything that you used to do, you have stopped doing it. The small, small um, appetizer you have been taking, and the gin and the whiskey. <laughs> this December, there is a transformation. They will see the transformation in you. When you go somewhere and you order for your cook, they will say, Hey, Accra, open and down and cook. Where is my sister? Me who's a wassa? Me who's a wassa? Me who's a wassa? Yeah. You know, sometimes some people are Christian, but they have not stopped doing certain things. Yeah. This Christmas, still, 
Some people were planning to go to the club, to the pub. Yeah. Some people are still planning to go and do smooching at the nightclub. Some people will leave the smooching and the club to come for chalak nights. You have not really changed. But tonight the anointing is changing you. I said the anointing is changing you. Your womanizing behavior is ending tonight. There is a conversion. You are singing in the choir and still you are sleeping with that boy. Tonight there is a conversion. The anointing of a king changes. The anointing of a king changes. May you be converted. May all your fornication ways come to an end. You see a chorister who will say that, oh, I've not been feeling well these days. That's why I'm not climbing the stage to come and sing. Tonight there is a conversion and a change. I said there's a conversion and a change. You are stopping the girlfriend and the boyfriends. Who you are going to have is to have a, a beloved who is pure. A relationship that is holy. That is leading to a marriage. The killing anointing is transforming you. All 419 and Yahoo businessmen. Tonight the killing, the killing anointing is transforming your life. I was ministering in church. I was laying hands on a young guy. I laid my hands on him and said, you, be careful. If you don't stop the bad friends, something bad is going to happen to you. Yeah. He said, suddenly, he was, he, was, he was afraid. Yeah. A few days ago, he came to see me. A pastor had another dream about him. That he had fallen into police. He had been arrested. Because he was among some friends. Then he said, hey, Bishop prophesied this thing to me. He came to see me. He said, the day I laid my hands on him and told him to be careful about friends, else something bad will happen to him. His life will be destroyed. He said, that night, he was going to join the Illuminati. Yeah, he told me. He said, they were going to initiate him that very Sunday. The group that he was part of, they told him that he shouldn't he shouldn't go to church that day. He was sitting there that day. He was not feeling okay. And he rose up and he came to church. And that day I was doing an anointing and impartation service. I laid my hands on him and I prophesied to him. He told me that my master is into robbery. He steals cars. They send it to the garage. They, they change the whole car. Sometimes they put their car apart. Sell their parts and all that. Sometimes they go, they, they can disappear. And they appear in another place. All sorts of things, occultic things that he was telling me. Yeah. Yes. And he said, he's stopping all those things from today. We need the anointing that changes people. Yeah. We need anointing that changes hardened sinners. Anointing that changes prostitutes. We are not anointed enough. We need an anointing that changes hardcore sinners. Thieves. Armed robbers. They lift their hands and say, we are coming to God. We are serving God from today. We need the anointing for that. Conversion. Yes. 
Lift your hands, somebody. Stand to your feet. Oh, yes. I feel that the Holy Spirit has moved on us already tonight. Strongly. Strongly. Do you have some oil here? 